Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. With five seconds, he's going to throw it. Howard leaps. He has it. Touchdown, Carolina. Back from the dead to tie the game with two seconds to go. Snap back, spot down. The kick is cleanly away. It is good. And it's <laughs> with yes, a 54-yard field goal. And how about them Tar Heels? They do it. Here's Kupak. Give up to Amos. He's good. He's good. He's good. He's good. He's Jordan back to kick, it's blocked again, picked up, it'll be a touchdown, Carolina for Bracey Walker. He blocks his second punt and scores his second touchdown of the season, it's 14 to 13. Mr. Jordan meet Mr. Walker. Bernard fields it at the 26, heading to the far side, Gio at the 35, Gio, he's at the 50, no he's not, yes he is, Gio, he's gonna take it for a touchdown. This is the Heel Tough Blog Podcast on Spreaker.com. We welcome in from ESPN. He covers the ACC in depth. He's been doing it for years, and he's one of the best. It's David Hale um, who's back with us. And David, uh, since the last time that we talked to you, you have changed your profile picture. You have easily one of the most interesting profile picture, you know, things that goes on each year where you change it. How did you come up with this year's, which is the mustachio uh, George Costanza from Seinfeld? <laughs> so last year around NCAA tournament time, I thought it'd be fun to just put out a bunch of potential avatars and let people vote. And uh, so I did it again this year. Honestly, I don't know if I'll keep doing it. I, I feel like the fans don't know what they're, they're not. They're, they don't know what they want. They're, they're, they're off in left field. I, I, I've, I've had two years in a row. I thought I had a Wilford Brimley potential avatar. And I was like, this is the one, man. Yeah. Wilford Brimley. He's eating oatmeal. That's the one. Yeah. And it doesn't win. And I think, you know, these millennials are ruining my avatar. I got I gotta, I gotta, I'm to gonna, I'm gonna go back to making my own decisions. Well, there you go. That would be a good Democracy one. Democracy doesn't work is what I'm trying to say. There it is. There it is. You got to put a foot down and get that Wilford Brimley eating oatmeal up there. That's what you got to do. But uh, let's let's get in and talk a little bit of Tar Heel football with you. Um, and it, really, it's just focusing on that article that you wrote about Mac Brown coming back to North Carolina. And I don't think that you could have picked a better title because it's kind of what we were all thinking is, you know, can Mac Brown still run a program? You know, he's been on TV. He's actually, you know, been on, on ESPN uh, for 
you know, he was there for five years. But he says that he learned a lot just watching some of these modern-day offenses, some of these, you know, what everybody's doing out there. So, you know, first of all, I want to get your opinion when the hire was first made and your opinion now. Has it changed from when the Carolina first made the hire to now with everything that he's done on the recruiting trail, or has it stayed the same? So I was kind of aware that this was the likely hire fairly early on, well before that Larry had, Fedora had been announced that, it, that they were making a change. Mm-hmm. And the, my first thought was, no, my sources on this are wrong. There's just no way this is happening because it seemed so ludicrous an idea. Uh, that was really my, I mean, that was my first impression. This was, this is grasping at straws. This is trying to, to you know, rekindle a past that really doesn't exist anymore. Uh, it is, I think, I, I, I thought of it largely as a decision made to placate some boosters and not the thing that was best for Carolina football. Um, I think when you talk to a lot of other people, that was probably not a unique thought. But, you know, the thing of it is, and, and I knew this from knowing Mac a little bit from his time at ESPN, is that there is just such a, a gravitas to Mac Brown. There is a way that he engages people that no matter how silly the idea might have seemed, it's hard not to start thinking like, well, Mac's so sure about this and, and he's got other people around him that are so sure about it, then maybe I'm the one missing something. And, um, you know, you go around campus now and, and you, or you go around into the football offices and it's a diff- it is a different feeling. Now, I'm not one to say different feeling translates to more wins. I think, you know, your talent is largely what determines whether you're winning football games or not. Uh, but I think there had been just such a black cloud over this program for so long that you know, some of it was caused by Larry, some of it was caused by a lot of unfortunate things that were outside of their control, and some of it was just caused by problems that the university as a whole has gotten itself into. But it seems like it had been a really long time since there was good news and optimism around North Carolina football, but you go into those offices now and you can feel it. I mean, there is an optimism there that was not there. And I think any coach could have come in and sold some level of optimism, but the way that Mac. Brown does it is I think much more of sort of a top-down way of doing things and it's it's uh, it's not just convincing the players like hey here's a fresh start it's getting everybody to buy in on this idea that like we're building something here right that there's things aren't as bad as they've seemed over the last few years that that there is potential that we can do things that we do have the answers that we are willing to to push harder to make it happen um, and he's really good as a salesman too to say like hey here's the goal here's the dream here's what I'm trying to sell here's what I need you to do to make that a reality and convince people to do it these are the things that Matt Brown is just really really good at Uh, and he's done it before in a lot of places and yeah the landscape of college football has changed I I think it's still the jury is out on how well the adjustments will go and how much that Mac has learned over the last five years Um, but look I mean it's if you're gonna if you're gonna roll the dice why not roll the dice on Mac Brown you know he's a guy who is probably a safer bet than a lot of the other op- options that they might have had and right. you know again I, I I'm not 
putting my stamp of approval on it and saying that they're going out and winning 10, game, 10 games and getting back to an ACC championship game in the next year or two. But I'm much more optimistic about it than I was the day that it happened. I think that's kind of how everybody feels, and part of the reason is is the staff that he hired. I mean, you know, we're, we're long away from the days of the pipe dreams that originally came out a couple of days after his hire of Cliff Kingsbury coming and potentially Gene Shizik coming back. But the guys that Carolina does have, Phil Longo, the offensive coordinator, Jay Bateman, the defensive coordinator, and then, you know, you keep Tommy Thigpen, uh, a guy that was there during his time, uh, Max time, the uh, in 19 in the 1980s and early 1990s and then you bring in some guys like Dre Bly who a lot of people are, are really uh, liking right now he's doing a great job recruiting the Tidewater area and the Charlotte area and then there were a couple other interesting hires so you know how important was it for him to land a staff as good as the one that he's got in place because I mean if you look at it right now this staff has to be one of the top three in the ACC just on paper right yeah, and what what's really stands out about the staff that he's put together is that it's not a recruiting staff and it's not a X's and O's staff. It's really a good mix of the two. I think both coordinators that he hired are just really top-notch, get the most out of your guys, scheme your way to wins, smart X's and O's coaches. And he surrounded them with a lot of guys, as you say, whether it's Bly going into an area where Carolina needed a boost, or Tim Brewster kind of getting back to the roots and really you know, talking up the game of, of recruiting in North Carolina, um, or, or Tommy Thigpen, who kind of knows the ropes and has been around doing it a while, um, as the transition guy. They've got guys that can recruit, and they've got guys that can coach, and, and it's a really hard job to kind of get that mix, and I think you see too many coaches come into a program like UNC where the recruiting has fallen off and say our job is to fill this staff with guys who are going to go out and sign talent and you need a few of those but you also need guys who are going to develop that talent once they're on campus and I think he's got that too that that's a hard mix to find and I think they're in good shape with it now I noticed that in the article and this is something that's been mentioned many times is that Mac isn't necessarily the first to do it now as you mentioned he is the oldest to come back to his old school, um, primarily a, a Power 5 program. And, you know, it, no one was really away from the game as long as he was. But, I mean, when you look at names like Bill Schneider, uh, Bill Walsh, and, and Bobby Petrino, I don't think that, you know, it's really a, a terrible thing. I mean, if you look at it from the perspective of where Carolina is now to where those programs were or currently are um, with Bill Schneider just leaving this past year, uh, you know, I mean, it, it looks like those programs are still in, were still, or are still in relatively decent shape. So, I mean, from that perspective, you know, is it really the worst thing if Mac Brown comes back to Carolina and really we'll just focus on Bill Schneider and gets them to a point where Bill Schneider had Kansas State when he returned the second time? I mean, that's a good question. What is the expectation here, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I think, you know, this is always sort of the thing with, with Carolina football and that there's potential, there's expectation, and there's reality. And, and those three things so very rarely seem to line up for North Carolina football. I think, you know, if you look and say, all right, what if Mac is here for 
four years. He steadies what had been a sinking ship. He gets things back on the right trajectory, and he hands the job off uh, to the next coach, younger guy, enthusiastic with you know some level of certainty and a foundation built. Is that meeting expectations for what this hire was? I would argue absolutely, considering where Carolina has been. You know, is the expectation that that Mac Brown is going to win an ACC championship in the next three to four to five years, and is going to have Carolina a perennial, you know, top twenty program, which is more or less where Carolina was the year he left to go to Texas? I think that's probably a lot to ask. I'm not saying it's not possible, but I think it's probably a lot to ask. Um, if you know, if it turns out Mark Rick at Miami is maybe a good uh, corollary there. Obviously, Mark Rick is a Miami guy who played there. He had not coached there, but right. you brought in a guy who was, you know, the older guy as opposed to going the younger route, the experienced guy as opposed to going the, the hot name route. And, you know, I think Mark Rick steadied a ship at Miami, but didn't exactly leave it in great shape when he left either. Um, there was a lot of sort of holes that had to be plugged by, by what Mark Rick left Miami at. If that's what Mac Brown leaves Carolina with, I don't know. Then it's you know maybe a mixed bag. I don't know what the answer would be. I, I just you know the 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 upside though if you're if you're Carolina is I, I don't think things can get worse. You know you're not you're not spending a ton of money on Mac Brown. Right. You're getting the insight and advice of Mac Brown. You're getting enthusiasm around the program that wasn't there. And I think you know worst case scenario is three years from now Mac decides all right I am done doing this uh, and walks away sort of the same way that Mark Rick does but with more talent on the roster than there was when he got there. Right, I, I agree. I think that's exactly where people's expectations should be as long as he is able to basically, you know, dress this job up a little bit, make it look a little more attractive for the next time that it is on the market. Because let's be really honest, you know, I, I don't know, you know, maybe what you were hearing, but from what we could see on, on the outside, it really didn't look like the greatest job. I think there were a lot of people at Carolina that thought that this job looked a little more attractive than it actually was, um, especially where Larry Fedora left the program at. So I think, you know, if you're right, if, they, if he's able to get this to, a, you know, a place where, you know, maybe he is able to transition it over to a guy that's on his staff like Jay Bateman. But if he's not, at least get it to a point where, you know, other guys around college football are going to look and say, yeah, I wouldn't mind coaching at Carolina for a few years, even if it is just a stepping stone job. I think that would be something that Carolina fans should be able to get behind extremely quickly and, and shouldn't hesitate. Now, um, here's the last question I'll ask you, David. Uh, you know, in order to get there, what does year one have to look like? What do you determine as a successful first year for Mac Brown back in Chapel Hill? I think, you know, this is sort of a hard question to answer in, in specifics because I don't know that there is a specific. I, I'd love to say a bowl game would be great. And I, I don't think that's unreasonable. It's certainly possible. I don't think that that's the most likely outcome, but it's certainly possible. Uh, and, and Caroline, if you look at the, the numbers from last year, there were a lot of games they weren't far off. There were a lot of games they could have won if not for just some real bad plays and some real bad bounces of the ball along the way. So I, I don't know that it is 
as massive a rebuild in the short term as people think. But you know, you look up the road at Virginia Tech, and there was a similar situation where Justin Fuente came in and took over a program that had more talent on the roster than the wins and losses would would dictate, and won immediately. But it almost set a bad standard where now he's trying to actually bring in the talent his talent Mm -hmm. as the older guys left and it's been a bigger process for them i think the bigger key is is not so much wins and losses for for mac brown this year as it is what is our identity who do we want to be as a football team as a program and are all all people moving in that same direction can you watch us play a game of football and say that's who this team is that's their identity they're not just trying to mimic somebody else they're not just trying to throw stuff at a wall to see what sticks they're not you know coming up with a game plan to win today that is a game plan they're never going to use again down the road it's uh it is a a core philosophy of this is north carolina football and if that can start being established and you can see it in how they're recruiting and how they're playing and how you know and how guys get in front of a camera and handle themselves in an interview I think you'll see a, that that's the foundation that they need to build that's that's you know you start adding in all of the extra layers and stuff after that but too many coaches I think come in and and their target is we got to sign a recruiting class that's top 10 or top 15 and we got to win X number of games this year and really what it comes down to is what are you building are you are, if you're building a house if you're building a skyscraper whatever you got to figure out what that is and you got to create the right foundation for it I think Mac Brown has a very good handle on what it is he wants to build and then we'll see if the implementation of that foundation really follows suit if it does Carolina is in good shape regardless of the wins and losses this year well, yeah, that, I think that's exactly what everybody would hope for, and uh, I think you're right. You look at some of the coaches around college football, guy last year that I like to look at is Scott Frost, really just a guy that wants to get something set at Nebraska, and I think, as you can see from most of the preseason media guys, a lot of people think that he can build on it from there. So I don't think anybody at Carolina should, you know, base it. Uh, you're, you're right. Setting a win total I think is really tough, especially with the schedule that Carolina has. So really just if you start to see some progression later on in the season, especially because a lot of these guys are young that are going to play some of the expanded roles this year, especially on defense, I think at that point many people will be satisfied. Hey, David, thanks for carving out some time, man. I know that it's uh, it's getting towards that time of season. There's a lot of stuff going on, especially on the recruiting trails. But believe it or not, we are only just about two months away from college football season. So uh, thanks for stopping stopping by and giving us a little bit of insight on Mac Brown and what he's going to bring back to Chapel Hill. Sure thing, man. Good to talk to you. All right. We'll talk to you down the line, David. You have a uh, you have a good year, and uh, who knows? We'll try to get you on maybe midseason if Mac Brown is uh, doing a fantastic job and potentially has this team uh, somewhere that we, we didn't think he might have them. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. All right, man. So that is David Hale of... ESPN. He covers the ACC, as we told you guys, and he does a fantastic job of that. We really thank uh, David for stopping by. Uh, he's had a busy, busy schedule over the last couple of weeks, so uh, it is fantastic to talk to him. And Mac Brown coming back to Chapel Hill, guys. The energy is back, and believe it or not, yeah, we are closing in. It's currently June 19th, so we are just about two and a half months. We're under two and a half months away from the start of the season right here in Charlotte. That's going to be huge. 
huge. And we got some huge announcements coming up for the Heel Tough blog. Uh, that'll be coming out. Uh, not really sure. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Might preview something here uh, down the line. But we got some really exciting stuff that we're going to be doing this season covering Toriel football. So I hope you guys are excited about that. Uh, you can head over to HeelToughBlog.com and check out everything that's going on on the recruiting trail where the Tar Heels are on fire. They have landed three recruits in the last four days in the 2020 class. Go check out the articles on Jaden Chalmers, who committed yesterday, Jefferson Boaz, who committed after the Showtime camp on Saturday, and also three-star strong side defensive end Sean Martin, who committed on Monday. A trio of those guys there. Also, Dontavius Nash became the first commit in the 2021 class, so make sure you go check out the article on him. Also coming up, we've got the scouting schedule that's coming out. It's the one thing that we do that's just a little bit different than everybody else, and that's the thing that I love to do the best. I go out on the road and watch some of these guys in person most of the time in some of their biggest games of the season and get you a scouting report. We've had plenty throughout the years. We had, I believe it was three or four on Sam Howell before he even committed to Carolina. Now it was before he was committed to Florida State, but we had been on him for a while, so we gave you an inside look at what would eventually be the future quarterback of the Tar Heels. So it's uh, it, it's definitely an interesting feature. I love doing it every single year, so make sure that you guys are ready and check that out. The only way that you can do that is to make sure that you subscribe to the website. There's a way you can become a member. Make sure you do that. You can also subscribe to the newsletter. And what we're going to start doing is if you do subscribe to the newsletter and the website, we'll send you every single article that we write. So you'll have the ability to read it and you know keep up with everything that's going on with Toriel football. We'll also try to do that with all of the podcasts as well that will be coming out throughout the season as we get closer and closer towards college football season. That also reminds me that tomorrow is Phil Steele Day. That's right. Phil Steele, the man that puts together the college football Bible, will be on to tell us about the 2019 Tar Heels and everything that you need to know. So we're going to talk about the offense, the defense, Mac Brown, Jay Bateman, Phil Longo, what they're going to bring to the table. It's going to be awesome talking to him about everything Tar Heel football in the 2019 season. And we'll even ask him where he has Carolina finishing this upcoming season. So keep an eye out for that podcast as that comes out. Also, make sure you go to the Facebook page and like and follow the Facebook page. We do ask that if you are on there, please do share the articles for us as we are having some trouble with Facebook right now when it comes to sharing into the groups. That's one of the ways I like to get the stories out to you guys. It's one of the reasons that I believe that Facebook has created a lot of these groups, especially the Tar Heel fans that created the Tar Heel groups. I love being able to get that information out to you guys. So if you guys could share on your timelines into those groups for me to help me out. That would be very, very appreciated. And, uh, you know, this this is something that I love doing. You guys know that. And I want to be able to share it with you guys and keep you guys up to date on all the latest information around Tar Heel football. So that's going to do it for this edition of the Heel Tough Vlog Podcast. Make sure that you subscribe to the podcast on Spreaker, iTunes, Google Podcast. I think they actually call it Apple Podcast now. 
now. So iTunes might be Apple Podcasts. Not really sure. They change things around all the time. You guys know how that works. Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn.com, the TuneIn app, Radio.com has it. So many different places that you can find the podcast. One of the other areas that you can find the podcast is the website. That's where you can keep up with everything Tar Heel football all in one place. www.heeltoughblog.com. That's where you can find everything that you need to know about Tar Heel football. So, once again, want to thank David Hale for joining us. Make sure you guys go check out his stuff on ESPN.com. He does a fantastic job covering the ACC. And make sure that you go to all of those places that we just told you for the Heel Tough blog coverage of Carolina football. So, thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels! Ah!